Welcome to episode 25 of I Guess We'll Do It That Way. It's your host, co-host, Isaiah Smallman. Back to you this week with Uncle Johnny Bear and Bryce McGuire for week two. We're going to hear the part of a story where he actually does something that works. It's going to be a great time. We also talk about why Hollywood is way overrated. As always, I guess we'll do it that way. Is brought to you by Mama Bear Studios. Mama Bear Studios' mission is to create entertaining works of art that explore our humanity. Okay, here's episode 25. And we're back. How's everyone doing? We're doing this right now. Oh yeah, we're doing it now. Oh, gotcha. oh we're okay. do, we're we're gonna finish it. I guess while we're here, we should. So last where we left off, Bryce was um, Bryce was broken thinking about leaving LA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not long Dude, ago. That, that song that we uh, played last week, do I have to pretend like it was last week? The song that you played? Yeah, yeah. Is like, it's very, it's a nice tribute. You have like a thing that you can, uh, especially do when you told me your wife sings it with you. That's powerful, dude. You guys have like a thing that you can, that crystallizes like a hard time that you guys have gone through and triumphed. Yeah. I do feel like we're on the other side of that time. It's powerful, man. Yeah, no, I mean, like, yeah, and, and Katie has always, she, I mean, through this whole process, I feel like she has grounded me, and because she she doesn't care about the glistening, glittering dream of like making movies and Hollywood. She literally could not care less. Like, she cares about people and like our planet and like yeah. more important things. And she's coming home. And her being like, yeah, I'm listening to you. Like, I get it. That's stressful. But there was always things that were more important. And she reminded me that those existed and kind of, I think, kept me out of my own head and kept me from being more self-destructive and self-absorbed because she's not chasing the same thing. And she's a very, she's a deep well. She's just a, a grounded and good person. And I think she kind of saved me from a more destructive path uh, through some of that craziness. Well, yeah, yeah I mean... Mm. I think the best I th- I think the best way to do Hollywood wrong is to think that Hollywood is more important than it is. Yeah. You know, I mean I, I think the mm-hmm. yeah. or anything. I don't know, or anything. Yeah, I mean you can be in banking and and if you really convince yourself that it's the end all be all of everything, then yeah. it's just going to take on too much importance. You won't be able to put it in the place that it deserves, which is that it's work. You know, work yeah. can be good, work can be meaningful. We're all very fortunate that we get to do things for work that we care about and that we're passionate about. But at the end of the day, it is it is work, and um, it, it will be forgotten, and it just doesn't matter that much, you know. Mm. Yeah. That doesn't mean it can't be important, but it yeah. isn't as important as lots of other things. Yeah, we Zay, you have been sending me these. Uh, we we I don't know if we've talked about it, but you've been sending these sermons to me on Ecclesiastes. And the oh, guy, it's the best. Well, it's very good, and I re- we'll put a link, or Zay will, and we, people should listen to it. But um, and it's one of those things. Uh, I'll just interject too. Like, yeah. I think there's sermons is such a loaded. It, it's it, what's great about these particular ones. I think is and, and Ecclesiastes in general is just how it's so. If you're ever gonna be like skeptical of the Bible or skeptical of any sort of spirituality or anything. That's totally fine. Ecclesiastes is like such an interesting place to start in the same way that you don't necessarily have to be Buddhist to believe that there's a ton of great stuff that, you know what I mean? Like Ecclesiastes 100%. is just some classic wisdom literature 
And it's kind of undeniable. Hemingway was obsessed with Ecclesiastes. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. I mean, Melville, yeah, Melville, Herman Melville said it was like the best, like one of the best books of all time. Anyway, so, um, yeah, sorry, John, you were saying they brought up the idea of momentum. The the pastor brought up the idea of memento mori, which used to be very popular back in, you know, the art world back in the day. These guys would make there's a famous one. I actually put it in the show notes and sent it to you today. They like Prince of Orange, I think his name was commissioned a statue when he was like my age he's like 30 something early 30s he commissioned a statue of himself to be made and in the statue he is just you know basically bones some skin on his flesh it's all stone marble or whatever and he's holding his own heart and looking at it Hmm. and it says on it memento mori it's a beautiful uh statue and he had a commission while he was alive because he was this famous wealthy prince but he knew i just like the guy in ecclesiastes one day i will be nothing and i need to remember that so live properly yeah i will be nothing and i i think one of the most important interesting things about ecclesiastes historically speaking is that historically like we know that whoever wrote it probably solomon was extremely exceedingly wealthy but we also know that solomon's life kind of ended in disgrace like his kingdom fell apart he wasn't poor but like his family was an absolute train wreck his kingdom was completely split down the middle falling apart and that's part of what he's taught you know uh, he spends a lot of time talking in the book about how fruitless these endeavors are partly because they won't make you happy but also partly because no matter what you build and we see this all the time now it's going to get handed off to some bozo Who's going to ruin the whole thing? Yeah. You know, like whether it's your kids or somebody else, like your money is going to get given to a, a non-functioning government and to a bunch of idiot kids who are going to like live in, live on their trust funds and F everything <laughs> up. That's what happens. Like that oh, is the way history works, period. And <laughs> to me, that's just like, I actually have, my, I call it my memento mori tattoo. Actually, it's hmm. like a, it's a, it's on my left arm. And it's a it's a pyramid, like a Mexican pyramid. And um, I got the idea because I went to Mexico and I was really struck by like these massive pyramids. You never hear anything. We've talked about this on the show a little bit, but you never hear anything about the Western Hemisphere, like sort of that part of the ancient world. But huge civilizations. And you see these pyramids and then there'll just be like another pyramid a few hundred yards away, you know, 600 foot tall pyramid or something nuts like that. Maybe not 600 foot. 300 feet they're massive though yeah and there'll be another one over there it's still covered in weeds because they haven't even had time to excavate it because there's so many of them and you're like these things took dozens and dozens of years to build many people died and um and they're now they're just covered in dirt and and then the 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 actual tattoo i got is sort of the icon that they use on the interstates the same way they have like you know for rest stops or gas stations or food they have like a blue and white simple icon and it's just like that's what it means. Well, there's this pyramid icon all over Mexico because there's just ruins everywhere. And so I was like really struck by like this this entire civilization has effectively been boiled down to one two-dimensional icon that I can get tattooed on my arm. And I think my life is important. Mm, I don't think so. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I love like kind of wackier. I love wackier theories, right? Like, and I'm always trying, I'm working with my dad, uh, sometimes during the week and every, my dad's very religious. And so I'm always trying to bring up like, you know, non mainstream ideas. And the other day he's an architect. So I mentioned the pyramids, you know, and I was like, don't you think it's kind of weird that pyramids have been built all over the world 
civilizations that have not come in contact with each other built pyramids about the same time in different parts of the world. Don't you think that's kind of weird? Like about to later hit him with like, maybe aliens helped him. Aliens. And he, my dad, an architect, was just like, yeah, it's an obvious form. Of course they made that. Yeah, because it's like you don't build a tower. Towers are much harder. It's like you build a foundation, you get smaller towards the top, and you walk up. It's like yeah, it's an obvious form. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. (laughs) The end. So I also like the alien theory, though. Ancient aliens, baby, on Netflix. Check it out. So, you know, at this point, we we know that Bryce uh, has failed in his pursuit of his Hollywood dreams. And uh, but I have a, but he as he said he's turned the corner. So let's get let's get back to bio because I'm curious about what I, I think you'll be curious about what Bryce is working on now. It's good to talk about the meaninglessness of it all before getting into this next section. Actually, <laughs> uh, so we tell how we like to do it. Right. Every it every accomplishment on this show has to be balanced with an equally weighty mm. failure. failure. I think I that's got to so. be like the physics of this show. I think, I think that's true. So we we. We had just traveled for six weeks, seeing family in Florida and Tennessee and West Virginia, all up in the South. And we're trying to figure out what we're going to do. Are we going to sell our home? Where we, or we don't know. Oh we're going to move out of our apartment. We're going to find someone else to live, move in with family, do something. And I just knew that there had been projects, scripts, things that had been percolating for literally years that were that needed to go out into the world and have a chance of turning into something. Mm. And I kind of made this, not a bargain, but Katie and I kind of decided to like, okay, like let's give this a year to see if any of the, there was like literally 10 things. And I'm like, even if eight of them go away, if nine of them go away, if one of these things happen, it will be a measurable step forward. It will be a big deal. It will be a paradigm changing victory. Real quick, I think there's some interesting... Bryce brought this up in the last episode, but some good advice that we've both gotten, which is like, it's going to take 10 years at least probably to really be stable if you make it. Yeah. That's an yeah. if. Yeah. But part of the way that you know along the way if you're wasting your time is is you may not be getting there, quote unquote, but you should be getting somewhere. You should be upwards, making yeah. incremental progress towards your goal. And I think... I really think that's some of the best advice because I think sticking it out is good advice. But if, if you're not yeah, original. you if nothing's changed in seven or eight years, then maybe you either need to do like a full U-turn and try something different, or maybe you just need to try something really, really different. Yeah, meaning not here or yeah. that's not a hundred percent true. But I just think you know in your gut, you know, like you gotta you gotta self-assess anyway. So I thought that was good advice that I just yeah worth repeating in this episode but Bryce go ahead I very much agree um and so just to not delay this whatever to any longer so one one basically one of those things that I mentioned of the 10 10 seeds yeah. kind of took root which was um this short film I directed about three years prior called Night Swim which is literally a three minute <laughs> short film set in a pool at night <laughs> Yeah, this um, kind of fits that category that you were talking about last week, John. Just like a really scary, I'll send it to you, but a, a really scary kind of fun. No character setup, yeah. no story. It's literally a visual mechanism and a concept, and it's a slick execution of that. It's a, it's a sales document, to be totally frank. Like, it's not even a what I would consider a traditional short film. It's it's more of a sales piece of media right to um, like get to a bigger project to get to a bigger project exactly okay. and so so people basically when that short film came out 
a lot of people had watched it and were like, what's the, what's the feature? I'm like, there's no fucking feature. It's a woman in a pool that's scary. Like, there's no, there's no movie there. And, but enough people kept asking me and asking me and asking me. When I went to finish my first feature, I was like, okay, Bryce, maybe you should say, yes, there is a movie here. And maybe you should figure out what that is. If you, because mm. people keep asking, like, you know, there's interest there. Like, don't fight an uphill battle. Like, go with the momentum that's there. Go with the interest that has already been proven. Yeah. And so that's what I did. So I, so I, I, I wrote, I broke that story. I wrote a treatment based on that short film and, and my, the dude who made the short film with me, Rod Blackhurst, who is sharing story by credit on the feature with me. Him and I worked on it. We put together a like 30-page pitch deck, which has visual imagery and it has uh, like a treatment that's prose. And we had the short film. And that kind of leaked a little bit and started going around town and, and, and kind of quickly developed into this competitive situation where like i i've and I've, this has never happened to me so it i'm barely ever agent? happens to anyone uh, is there yeah, an agent some, behind this who yes. is like yep. leaking this to get attention yeah yeah okay exactly so but basically, it is getting I, attention it That's is good. getting attention to a lot of places and then they start like kind of using that momentum and setting a bunch of pitches where there was like a week when i was pitching at like four or five places a day um four or five days wow. and that's from everything from like small production companies to like studios like um, and then these producers start coming on board. And so what happens in a situation like this is like a producer or a production company will take it to their territories. And a territory refers to their relationship with a a financing entity or a studio that has money to buy it. Production companies typically do not have their own financing money or development money, but they have relationships that they parlay into making a sale because those bigger companies mm-hmm. trust them to basically be the gatekeeper, tastemakers, yeah, to be the developers, right. yeah. yeah. Okay. Which is an gotcha. it's an it's an annoying kind of middleman system that like frustrates a lot of people, but it is the way it works. Mm-hmm. So so three different production companies actually came on board Night Swim and and took it to their three different territories, and then they started setting pitches through their relationships. So and so I was at you know Paramount and. Lionsgate and Amblin and basically all the major studios and I'm, and I'm pitching this movie and it was very stressful, very surreal, um, exhausting. I would drive home just being like, what, but I was so uncertain of like, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Cause lo- it could be nothing. Could be nothing. Right. Like you could just go and, and like go do the whole round the and then you, nothing happens. Like no one actually pulls a trigger and that's kind of what happened the places we thought we were going to get an offer from backed out at the last second and like lost momentum over the weekend. And I'm like freaking out. But there was one place, which is um, James Wan's company, Atomic Monster. So they're the people who do like all of the like conjuring movies, the nun mm, okay, Annabelle. Yeah. So they're, they're a power, they're a powerhouse in the genre world. They're they and they do a little bit different type of movie than Jason Blum does. They're like slightly more commercial, slightly bigger, like slightly classier. They're not mm-hmm. like kind of doing these like million dollar like like cash grabs. Like they're doing a little bit more like formal kind of. And and real movies. quick too, even just in terms of the interesting kind of logistical side of Hollywood, you've got James Wan's company, Atomic Monster. Atomic Monster yeah. Then you've got New Line, Who's which is studio? effectively a studio, but it's actually a subsidiary Warner of Brothers. Warner Brothers. Yep. And then Warner Brothers is probably owned by some giant parent company on Wall Street. So it's sort of this like crazy, you know, 
yeah, it, yeah. it just I find that kind of stuff interesting. It, but, it, yeah. it is so 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 the product James Wan, director of The Conjuring one and two, and Fast and Furious, the new Aquaman movie. He's like this kind of superstar director who has his own production company. Was it the a... Conjuring one or the Conjuring one? Oh. Um, I, I have been referred to as a wannabe Ooh. in a, in a, in a, the comments of a deadline, uh, sorry, the comment section of a deadline article. How do you deal with that? But that can't be the worst thing they've said about oh, you. I do not, I literally internet, could not care less. You don't care. Okay. That's good. I literally could not care. I, I'm like, I'm, I'll take it. Um, so basically I met with these guys at Atomic Monster. James Wan watched the short film. He was swimming in his pool at night, and he said he was doing the freestyle and looked up over his shoulder and thought he saw the creature from my short film and said, like, I have to make this movie. So when I had that, I was like, wait, this – and honestly, like, that was the best place I could possibly make this movie. I mean, just the the pedigree that comes with him and the validation of, like, being released with all these other huge, huge horror hits. Because when you see, like, from the studio that brought you The Conjuring, it's like you could not have a bigger – stamp of approval and there's Mm -hmm. a built-in audience that's just ravenous so i was like freaking out like oh my gosh this is the thing and all the other offers that we thought we're going to get from amblin from legendary bottomed out did not Mm. happen but we did get an offer from new line and james Wan, which is kind of who i wanted to do it with anyway is and this an offer for so you right now you have a script you have a a treatment you brought not a script not even a not, script. So you no, have a concept, the short film, yep. and that's and what you bring. And he says, and we'll and do and, it. and, and, and also uh, uh, the the general knowledge and people vouching for him that he can write a good script. Right. So right. they they had read they had read a sample. They they had read they had read a script called The White Room, which we'll actually kind of circle back to in a, in a little bit later. So they had, they knew I could execute a script. They knew I had made a movie with Jason Blum and with Timur Bekmambetov with the, mm. the movie that has not been released, but they knew it existed. Right. So like, okay, like someone already vouched for you. So even though they hadn't seen that movie, they like, it existed and that was enough validation. Okay, so. I gotcha. So they, so then, yeah, my deal is they're gonna have, they're gonna pay me to write the script and then pay me to direct the feature version of that. Wow. So that happened in the spring of this past year of 2018, but then it took like literally five months <laughs> to like, close the deal close negotiations like actually get paid like that is it a life change i mean i know you probably don't want to talk specifics and i'm not asking you to but you know not from like hollywood standards but from like dude from dayton standards is it like a life-changing amount of money is it float you for a couple years you know what what's it look like for us it was life-changing just because we were coming for nothing i mean it's kind of you you get the money in steps so like the first thing you get is um like the purchase of the short film and then you have they have to buy the treatment um Uh, and then you and then you get you get like commenced on the first draft of the script you get half the money upon commencement half the money upon delivery but there's guaranteed steps so i know i have a guaranteed first draft and revision and an optional polish but even just based on what's guaranteed for us it was kind of like the gun goes away from the back of your head and you can kind of like we can live for like a year yeah, Comfort- comfortably, which is a huge deal. I mean, for us, it's like a huge deal. Um, so that was a giant. I mean, I, I remember when I got that phone call from my agents, being like, "The offer just came in." I literally, I was with Tommy in his apartment in Silver Lake, 
And I did. I dropped, like, I dropped to my knees because, like, my knees gave out. And, like, I, I did. Like, I started crying. <laughs> I know that yeah. sounds very melodramatic. Not but, like, at that's all. How I, that's how I felt because I'd been waiting for that for so, for so long. that And it didn't feel like it was ever going to happen. And when I got that call, I literally, I just kind of collapsed. Um, yeah. It was, and it was with the people I wanted to be making with. I trusted them as producers. And I just was, it was a huge, yeah, huge win. It just felt, felt amazing. Yeah. Um, that's I'm so gonna, cool. I'm going to be an annoying producer real quick. Yeah. We, we don't have a ton more time. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. but I do want Bryce has sure, a couple sure, other sure, cool sure. things. So Bryce, tell us, but uh, try not to yak so much. Sorry, about sorry, 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 sorry. Okay, just kidding. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. Um, so that, that happened and kind of because that happened. And uh, Bryce is, Bryce lives in a 16 bedroom mansion in, in Hollywood <laughs> yeah. now. Oh yeah, baby. No, so he's a, Scarface. You said your wife cares about the environment, so I doubt it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, she says she cares she about, says the environment. She cares about the environment. Um, so be, kind of because that happened, I was able to kind of leverage that in a way to get involved with another similar project that was based on a short, high concept horror film that was going out as a pitch mm-hmm. to studios, a very similar model, and the producers that were taking that project out knew me and trusted me because of Night Swim. And I kind of finagled my way into being attached as the writer on this this short film that was being adapted into a feature. And that pitch went out. Isaiah was in the thick of all this happening. He tried to convince me to not do it, by the way. No, uh, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. I tried to convince him because I knew that if I could convince him not to do it, then he shouldn't do it. That's fair. I knew that there was a very strong possibility he was going to ignore my advice. And my thought with that was... If he thinks, if he believes in this enough to ignore my advice, then he could do it. But if I'm able to just willy nilly convince yeah. him not to do this, then he shouldn't do it. Anyway, that was, I'm just defending myself a little bit. Thank you. Fair Wait, enough. T- fair t- enough. T- Part of the process. You, de- you, you define that narrative for yourself, whoever you want to, Isaiah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, I, I think that was valid. And I, I, I did think about it and I was worried about my taking on too many projects and whatever. And I'm like, is this even going to happen? Because basically, what, basically, what I was saying is, yeah, you don't want to take on too many no, projects yeah. and ruin the one that got you here. True. That's which, what I was is, really saying. Which is totally valid, and and I did, I definitely went through a uh, a moment of like prioritizing, and kind of trying to define that essentialism of like, no, you can't say yes to everything, and right. you shouldn't. And what what do you say yes to, and why? What 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 becomes your compass for choosing? Did you that say project? what you were saying yes to? Okay, so that movie. The short answer is that the movie I was attached to, that the pitch I was attached to, got sold to Amblin, which is Steven Spielberg's company. Whoa. He like read the treatment and watched the short and was like, we have to do this. And an offer came in like that day. Wow. And so I'm writing a movie for, the for Steve. For, for Steven Spielberg is producing. For Steve. We call Sorry. him Steve. Wait a second. <laughs> have you met him? Have you met him? I have not met him. I know a couple of his kids just from being in LA. I know his um, daughter. I mean, wait, obviously who? not. Uh, which, Sasha. Which one? Ah, yeah. She's a great musician. Yeah, yeah that's I know, how I know, I, I know her, her Buzzy. as well. Yeah. Buzzy Lee, baby. Yeah. Slow yeah, hands. Yeah. Good tune. Who um, knew? Yeah, no, they're great. So she, so she's really good friends with um, Greta Morgan, who yeah, is in Springtime Carnival. Carnival I Springtime direct, Carnival. Yeah, Springtime Carnival. Um, I directed a music video for them, um, which is which was a really fun experience. Greta is she dated a good friend of mine, Eddie O'Keefe, who's a really good filmmaker. So I, they're all they all kind of run in the same music circle in LA. So yeah, it's so Sasha's funny because awesome. uh, yeah. back up in Jersey, I went I through I like her. my lifelong he friend. I think, he, I think he's saying he knows the music. Well, so through Are you my saying you know her? 
Well, I know this, like, it's just a weird, like, Instagram trail, but this girl that I knew up in Jersey now lives in New York with her sister, and they make this thing called the Maris, uh, the girl's name is Maris Jones. They do the Jones Family Retro Hour, something like that, and they're Mm. friends with, or they know these people out in L.A., and that's how I, I just happen to hear about them through them. Gotcha. I don't even know these people. I have not talked to the girl that I, like. You know know their music. I just am familiar with them through, like, online. Got it. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's kind of here or there, but I, um, I have not met him. Um, we will have a, I will meet him at some point. There's going to be like a kickoff meeting. Right. We'll, I'd like to give you a little yeah. advice when you meet him. <clears throat> He's going to be smaller than you think. So I think you should <laughs> stoop down, try to get on his level. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 yeah really yeah, squat yeah. down, make yeah. a real effort to get on his level. And then I that's want good. you to grab him kind of, he'll, he's going to go for the handshake, but I want you to like, Grab him kind of by the shoulder and pull him into a somewhat forceful hug. Yeah, and then I want you to whisper in his ear, I'm coming for you, old man. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the rumor about him is that he's uh, maybe possibly autistic or on the spectrum somewhere. Asperger's? Uh, I very much believe that hmm. um, in a very high-functioning, m- minimal way. Like, right. that completely makes sense to me. Like. Yeah, he but he I know he's like a good cuz I know he's a good dad because yeah, his kids he's a great speak guy. very and a good guy and I think he's a little a little neurotic in that mm-hmm. director kind of Asperger's way um but like yeah anyway so that'll, Dude, that's that'll be exciting cool. you have to come back on and uh, tell us about meeting him Oh he'll do. be back on Yeah yeah if I'm not yakking too much now but so th- not at all that's, Bryce it's okay That's that's happening uh, and but then I I'm trying to not do too many other big things like actually so the white room, that script I mentioned before, um, that script was just recently got on this thing called the blood list, which is like the best unproduced genre mm. scripts that are around town. So executives like 120 or like seven or 70 something direct executives at studios and production companies, they vote on their favorite scripts. And so something I wrote was on that script on that list. And that movie, hopefully, I'm, I, I love that script. I like it's one of my favorite things I've ever written. Hmm. That hopefully is going to get made, but I don't want to say anything until we have official news on that. But maybe follow up. But um, when that happened, when the the kind of like the deadline article about Night Swim and Whisper and the Bloodlist release came out in the same week, it was a, kind of a crazy week. And I actually ended up like kind of following Isaiah's advice and like turning down two. As projects assignments because I'm like I, I'm in this desperate, ambitious scarcity mindset for so long that I it terrifies me to say no to anything. Like the idea yeah. of like saying no to like a real job, like a studio job, is terrifying to me. You're the Holocaust survivor who is stuffing bagels. Stuffing is yeah 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 yeah. Like honestly, like I that, not to compare that at, at all, but like that principle of like scarcity sure. and like survival. Like I felt like I was in that for so long, and now I'm like wait no. You don't have to say yes to everything. You should not say yes to everything. And now you can be more selective about what you want to do. Part of it is that there are appropriate reactions for circumstances. And if you're living in an environment of scarcity, then responding by rationing things and taking every opportunity is absolutely the appropriate approach. But it ceases to serve you at a certain point. I mean, in a lot of ways, that's what anxiety is, is is this like – or PTSD. I mean, basically PTSD, not to say that you have PTSD, but like – this is a super minor version of that where it's like you're having your tendency, your habit, your neural pathways are wired towards get it while you can. And I think that actually starts to, you see it even uh, to, to be very specific in directors careers. 
it does happen where they just yeah, start taking on shitty projects. They yeah. get worse and worse and worse, and then eventually they end up with either careers that they don't recognize or they end up going home or they end up burning out or whatever. And I think the people like Steven Spielberg, it's almost impossible to compare anyone's career to his. But at the same time, part of what's made him able to do what he's done is that he probably paced himself, you know, and he didn't burn out when he was 35. Yeah. He did make a lot of movies, but he also must have paced himself because he's still making movies. You we know? talked but about him before. He stepped back. Yeah. We, but he stepped back and redefined his whole like ethos. Like, mm. yeah, sorry. Like, he, he had that moment, know. like, before Schindler's List where he's like, wait, I grew up in a suburb outside Phoenix where I, I hid my Jewish identity because I was made fun of it. Mm. I was made fun of for it. And now it's like, wait, I've, I've ex- achieved all of the success and I've gotten all of the money from all these popcorn commercial projects which i loved but now i need to return to my roots and find my connection to my my heritage and my faith and my culture which is what prompted him to make schindler's list which was a kind of a huge turning point yeah. and the type of movies he became interested yeah, he's in. a prestige guy yeah all of a sudden yeah. um and that is so bryce great, i mean it's a great movie it's great so, good. so bryce you started um although we're not allowed to talk about it because we've seen it what schindler's list we have to find movies to talk <laughs> oh, about that yeah, we yeah, haven't yeah, seen yeah. Um, Bryce, you, you're, you're currently, uh, Bryce is, you know, we like to say Bryce is on the map. That's how I like to put it. Bryce is on the map. (laughs) He's a big deal. Are they doing like star search (laughs) tours at your, like, this is the home of Bryce. (laughs) Can you imagine going past my shitty duplex in Alhambra? Oh (laughs) yeah. Yeah, baby. It's not shitty, but it is a duplex. (laughs) Oh, baby, baby, baby. So I'm, that, write, I'm writing Night Swim yeah. right now. I, I'm about to turn in my first draft, which Isaiah has not read yet, but he's going to. I don't plan on reading it. <laughs> Bryce uh, said it to me weeks ago. I'm uh, going to make yeah. him wait. Yeah. Did you read it, Zay? No, of course not. Read it okay. No, I will read it. I missed my window because I hurt my back. And, and then, then, the, and then the Bryce started making a bunch of changes, it. and I'm like, I'm not going to read an yeah, old read draft and one. give you outdated yeah. notes. So now I'm just waiting for Bryce to get off his lazy ass and finish it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm about to turn in my first draft to the studio. If I don't shred it first, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to make the best movie possible. I, I, I don't know how this is going to go. I don't know what the notes are going to be like. I, I, I don't know what to expect from that. Are it you going to direct crazy. it, or is James Wan? I'm directing direct it. it. I'm directing. You it. are directing. Okay. Yes. Yep. And Wan is producing. Mm-hmm. That's insane, my dude. This it's like a lottery ticket in a way, but based on effort instead of random chance. <laughs> so it's sort of like a lottery ticket. Yeah. Um, it's nothing like a lottery ticket. I uh, Bryce, what, what's the latest with Flor- Florida Man? Yeah. We talked about Florida Man yeah. last episode. Just to recap, Florida Man is about is to go out to town. Bryce's redneck comedy <laughs> show that he wrote yeah. about Florida and uh, the, all the crazy stuff that's happening there. Can you remind us what that is very briefly, and then tell us what it is? Because I think it's yeah. kind of a cool story. I mean, it's just a, it's a TV show that we have a, a two episodes written that we're sending out and a little like mini Bible, which is like a document that kind of explains like, what is the show? What's the tone? What's the ambition for it? Hmm. And then that's going to go out to, you know, Netflix, HBO, Hulu, Amazon, with stars, um, with a company called Grand Via, which is Mark Johnson, who produced like Rain Man and Galaxy Quest and uh, Breaking Bad and Rectify and Better Call Saul and all this that is insane marky mark marky mark mark yeah mark mark's a funny guy i I, he's like a grandpa to me he's i like him um but but he's also working out constantly apparently have you seen this he's marky mark or mark johnson no no marky mark (laughs) we're talking about mark johnson the producer but also i did what about mark Mark. Wahlberg? 
what, what Mark about? Wahlberg is all okay. Oh, yeah, yeah that's what I thought out. you were talking about. Mark oh, Wahlberg no, no, is working Mark out like crazy. <laughs> no, Mark Johnson, I do not think is working out, but he is like he's a he's an old man that's in good shape. Like he's probably mm. sixty five or whoa. Guess, well, let's but, not call him an yeah. old man. He is an established older gentleman who has a lot of career left ahead of him. I'm like, still hearing older. Let's go with he's he's a vet. How about that? That is yeah, how shoot. that is how he's... a girl would describe her like 57 year old unemployed boyfriend. That he is an established older gentleman. That's basically yeah, who that's this basically guy is. Basically, who he is yeah. to me. Um, okay. Uh, we yeah, maybe I shouldn't refer to him as older, but um, I'm just messing. Love, love the dude. Um, so so that that's basically that's gonna go out. I think this week. I think they're sending wow. that like to what day is mm. it? Thir- Friday. Friday. I think they're sending Friday. it out today. Um, so and then we'll, we'll, they get they send it out and they see they see a script right. This has not they, been shot or anything. Yet. No, they read they read a script. They they read the little like mini Bible document right. thing and they're like, oh, do and like they they say, do we want to hear this pitch? And if they want to hear the pitch, then I go in there and I do my song and dance and talk about big fish on bath salts and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> tell some yeah. tell some funny stories, some crude stories. And then we'll see if anyone wants to make it. It's very know. good. How so, long does a pitch like that last? It's like twenty five minutes. It's like like my my side of it, like my, my little like feel is like twenty five minutes, and then they grill you with questions. So you got to be able to kind of tap dance in yeah. and out of it. And, and do they in, do you get like a certain amount of un? Wait, your spiel is how long? Twenty about twenty five minutes. Sorry, go ahead, John. So, yeah, well, while you're talking, like this, the way people picture it, and by people I mean me, you walk into a room. There's uh-huh. like three to seven people sitting there, That's about right. and you're standing there like giving a presentation in class in high school. God, Did I'm they? Nervous. Is that how it is? Kind of. I mean, I'm I'm there with um with Mark Johnson and Melissa Bernstein, who's the head of TV at Grand Via, and Tom Williams, who is the head of feature who discovered who found the project, and so. So they're all going to be there with me, and they'll chime in or I'll throw stuff to them sometimes to make a joke right. or whatever. Um, and are you so, all standing or sitting? I don't know, dude. I actually do not know. Hmm. I um, <clears throat> I'll tell you. I'll let you know. I need to know. I have a little story. Per, 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 perhaps an omen for Bryce. Okay. Mm. The year is mm, 2000... I'm going to go with 2009. Okay. I have recently been spending the summer in Spain... I am making a presentation the next day yep. to my Spanish class in Spanish, okay? And uh, it was intense. That's not the real story, though. Uh, let's rewind. The night before, <laughs> I'm sitting at a diner with my wife, my now wife, my then girlfriend, and mm. she borrows my computer and opens a file on my desktop to look for something. And the first thing that she sees is a picture no even worse is a picture i'm i don't know if i'm gonna link to it uh a picture of the famous tv star milton burl with Uh, a uh uh uh, probably fire hose double a fire hose thickness penis that's Mm. about eight feet long like draped over his shoulder and it's the, literally the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my entire life. And I have no idea how it got there. And Kelly sees it first thing, and she's like, what is this doing on your computer? And I immediately— Describe the picture. Is it a real picture? Is it a uh, it's, cartoon? It's, it's, it's a Photoshopped picture okay. Oh, okay. that looks okay. so real. It's well, hideous. Well, he did famously have a, a giant hog or something. Yes, say. but no, this is like literally the. It's an anaconda. I mean, yeah, it's like right, right, right. it's not real. It's it's. I got um, you. 
It's absolutely, it's so detailed, very veiny. It's disgusting. Auntie and, Lee, um, picking all this up here? And uh, yeah. Oh, and so she sees this. She's uh, like, what is this? What is this doing here? And I was like, pretty sure that someone was just being funny and pranked me. So I, of course, deleted mm. it, right? And then the next morning, I found another one what? in a different know. folder. And I was like, okay, surely that's, I'm good. I, I then forget about it. I'm giving my presentation no, in no, Spanish no, class. No. A bunch of like eighteen-year-old girls and this hilarious old Spanish teacher lady, oh. and I'm giving my presentation in Spanish, and I'm flipping through a file of folders. I have a file of photos, and like the thirteenth photo that shows up is Milton Berle's giant ding dong oh, on the projector no. in front of like thirty no. kids in a Spanish class. No, I am not kidding, and I like tried to i quit the program immediately like i hot keyed it i was like command q boom quit oh boy still there in the finder window you know how it does the preview for of the course. photos it's still there so then i just like slammed the laptop shut and like yanked the cord out oh, no. and uh i tried for about three minutes to recover like it was a long time where Did you I was try like, to explain yourself. I was like, I don't know how it got there. <laughs> picture of, I was like, so oh, it was most no, no, no. battles. And, uh, <laughs> and yeah, exactly. No, I'm like trying to stay in character, do my Spanish bit. I'm like, I don't know how to say most battles. Wow. Yeah. Oh man. And then, um, learn some Spanish. It was joke. bad. It was really bad. Everyone was laughing, including the Spanish teacher, but laughing in the sense of like, laughing the way you do when you like witness something horrible yeah, and you can right. only respond with laughter because anything else doesn't seem possible. Anyway, yeah. I stormed onto my hall and I was like, what the hell? And like all my roommates down at the end of the hall were just like immediately knew exactly what, what I was mad about, about because they had hidden <laughs> no joke, 50 plus versions of this file all no. over my computer, everywhere. Oh, wow. It was, and they named them different things, so I couldn't even just search for it. They were everywhere. There were so many of them. Dude, that's brilliant. Isn't that, that amazing? Is so I'm really, very seriously considering sneaking a little something, something into Bryce's I, pitch. HBO loves their dicks. Let's get them some. True. You that know was, what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think this is a they hindrance do. here. When I was at when yeah, I was in college, me and kids would send like maternity <laughs> magazines and stuff to each other. You know, mm. like sign somebody up for like Gerber oh. baby products and stuff. <laughs> That's but, so I don't good. Know, the the That's pornography on somebody's computers to it's too a little dicey. much. It's a little much. Um, yeah, don't don't do that. No, Please. I won't. Uh, I won't wink. Um, can't see my winking because it's radio. It's not radio. It's a podcast. All right. Well, listen. This has been great, Bryce. You want to play us out with another song? Sure. Bryce is going to play us out with another song. Make it a good one this time. Oh, psych! The last one was great. You don't want to play? Bryce is giving me eyes. What? Oh, I know this one. Ah. Isaiah's looking up the lyrics. Am I? I you, um, you you can sing with me, John. This is Say It Ain't So by yeah. Weezer. Correct. How's the first verse start? Somebody's hiney. It's crowding my icebox. You like that attitude? 
It's giving me chills. This way is Years of silence. Keep playing the regular part. I'm gonna improvise. You cleaned up. I write you. In spite of years of silence, you've You've cleaned cleaned up. up. Found Jesus. Things are good, or so I hear. This is really going off the rails. Oh, love it! It's a great song. It's such a good song. It's one of their finest, really. Um, Yeah. It's a powerful song about family dynamics. Yeah. Oh, it really is. Dear Daddy. I write you in spite of years of silence. Anyway, we're going to roll. You know, I think anybody with, like, a drinking problem or people who know people who have a drinking problem and families and stuff, like, Mm -hmm. that song is itself sort of a heartbreaking song. Yeah. Yeah. This bottle of Stevens awakens ancient ancient demons. Yeah. Or ancient beings. Ancient feelings. Ancient feelings. feelings. That's what it is. Dude, thank you guys so much for having me. Dude, it was an absolute pleasure to meet you. Seriously, I really enjoyed these uh, conversations. I really look forward to like check looking up what you've done. We'll be back because John, you um, yeah. <clears throat> as you know, we've we've teased it a little bit. Bryce and I are actually producing yeah. as to, uh, the guy Tommy. Um, yeah. We're producing a very exciting podcast. Yeah, I've I wasn't going to get into any good. specifics, but he went on some other podcasts and started talking about it. So I'll at least did, tease it yeah. a little bit. Wait, Bryce, was that um, like you? You was that you who what? made that? What the? Well, I'm sorry. Maybe I'm thinking I'm conflating things here. No, Latvia? the director in Latvia. Yeah. That was Tommy who made the movie. Yeah. Bryce was actually originally slated to make the movie gotcha. in a certain different world. But like yeah. it's about Tommy's experience making a movie, which I feel like it's gonna be more of a dramatic, uh dramatic radio style story. Yeah. It's gonna be scripted, it's gonna be really well produced, it's gonna be very different than this, but in yeah. a weird, fun way, it's actually like a perfect sort of sister to this podcast because it's about a different director making a movie. Yeah. It just yeah. happens to be an absolutely <laughs> batshit crazy story. Yeah, that I listened to it's quite good. I enjoyed what I was Stranger than fiction. Yeah, so there's yeah. a pilot that's out, and uh, we've got some really fun ideas for sort of how to turn it into a full season. And so Bryce and I are actually working on that among among a number of other yeah, things. Yeah, we could we at some other point we can get into more of like how you know I, I 
came aboard Mama Bear and and, yeah. and, and like what we're up to and and I mean yeah we're, we're, we're gonna do more of this but cool. um and at some point we'll have Tommy on we'll talk about that yeah. show we'll track yeah. some of the progress of making that other yeah, show cool. on cool. this show um so we're kind of getting to that point in the show which we've been teasing expanding. everyone always yeah we're expanding we're bringing new projects in we're bringing new people in we're gonna make it you know uh, super exciting so it took awesome. me a long time to read rollers mm. but I'm I'm saying this as an objective third party um, who is very accomplished. <laughs> Bryce is on the map. Compare uh, your, your your accomplishments so, to Carmen, the singer. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we didn't talk about Carmen. Well, I want you, Next but time. I, I do want to say that I, I'm a big Rollers fan. I really, uh, I really enjoyed the script. I was kind of, when you read a friend's script and you've never read their stuff before, you're always kind of just terrified that it's right. going to be like bad or mediocre. And right. just like, ooh, just like, and they're putting all, they're talking about it on a podcast. It's so yeah. embarrassing. I know. We, we've had and this I read it talk. And I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. It's a really good script. That's and awesome. I think it's going to be a very cool movie. And yeah, it, it's, I'm, I'm excited about this. I'm fan of, fan and friend of all things rollers friend of the show bryce yep now uh okay now now bryce i will now unshackle you from your chair mm. now that you've uh, finished your end of the obligation which is praising me publicly <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole point of this you may now go is this why we haven't heard from katie because she's like in a corner with a gun to her it's like you know stephen king always writes books about a guy who lives in maine who writes horror books and that kills his wife i'm like dude you're like get huh. out of there mrs king yeah yeah just kidding. Well, I love Stephen King. He, well, he's writing about it so he doesn't have to do it, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Precisely. Precisely. Shit. I got to go, guys. I got to call with my music supervisor. Bye. It's been an absolute Ladies. pleasure. Let's wrap it up. Thanks, John. Love you, buddy. See you, too. Love you. I mean, love you. Hope I see you in California when I come out there. 